Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning again, everybody. And let's give our uh, teams a hand this morning, all of our service teams that give so powerfully every every week, our teachers, our our worship team, our production folks, our ushers, man, all you guys are, are amazing. How many of you, the time change's already messed you up? I was up at 4.30 this morning. I'm the type of guy who likes to think 4.30 only comes once a day, and that's in the afternoon. My dog was up at 5, looking at me like, hey, let's get it on, pal, it's time. I mean, it just throws everything out of whack, right? So, so tonight, like at about, you know, 5.15 in the afternoon, I'm going to be ready for bed, and that's just not right. How many of you know that? So I've devised a plan. Here's what I'm going to do. How many of you have uh, small children in the house like I do? And this past week, they went on some excursions and collected some candy, right? So there's like piles of candy at your house like mine. So my plan is to be, you know, a raider of the uh, of the candy bag at some point in time when, when my man's not looking so I can, I can get some, some sugar, some chocolate, some Laffy Taffy, all that good stuff, and, and, and try to make it to at least 7.15, amen? <laughs> because 5.15 is just way too early to go to bed. So, wow, all kind of good stuff happening. How many of you believe we're in November already? Just incredible incredible and Thanksgiving right around the corner and opportunity to serve and help and bless by, by, by helping with the Thanksgiving boxes. And again, if you know any families that need some food uh, this time of the year, any time of the year we want to help and serve, uh, that's a part of what we are all about, right? Turn your neighbor and say, that's it, Jack. I don't care if their name's Jack or not, just tell them that. That's it, Jack. That's what we're all about. How many of you have used your cellular device already th- today at some point in time to to contact somebody, somehow, some way, whether you Facebook message, whether you sent a text, whether you made a phone call, whether you had a carrier pigeon app right here that sent a little, that might be something, right? Any of you app designers out there can make carrier pigeon. We start a new mode of, of conversation. Let's, let's maybe put that on the, on the board and see what we can do with it. But, but we have become so reliant on that. And the reason why is because at the heart of relationship is what? Communication, interaction, you telling me about your stuff, me telling you about my stuff. And you know what the amazing thing is, is that God, more than anything else, designed us for what? Relationship. That he wanted to know us and wanted us to know him. And, and, and what we're talking about this morning and next Sunday morning is the whole area of frequency. Welcome to today. We kick off that important study about hearing God speak to us. We, we live in a very noisy world. Is that not right? Right now, think about the noises that are going on. We have a fan running from our heat and air system. And in the background, that fan is just going, you know, a little bit where you can just barely hear it, but you, if you, if I shut up, you can hear that. Right now, you're hearing me speak into this microphone, and some of you might turn it down just a little bit. It's a, a little overpowering, and, and you're hearing that noise. Some of you are hearing the noise coming from our jam-packed clubhouse back there where like 500 kids jammed in a 20 by 25 room, and, and the teachers are going, help God, help now, please. 
And they're just booming through the walls some, some awesome music that the kids are dancing to, man. I looked back there the other week, and they were just tearing it up for God. So you're hearing that noise, and some of you have somebody beside you that constantly is going like, Psst, hey, what you doing for lunch today? Psst, hey, you're going to watch the football game? Psst, hey, what's happening this week? Psst, hey, what can we do next weekend? If you've got that person, raise your hand now. The usher are going to come and sit them by themselves. Um, <laughs> wow, man, there's hands going up everywhere. Come on down, folks. The altar's open. It's time to repent. I'm just... Noise everywhere in the world that we live in. I just kind of jotted down my notes. The media makes constant noise. People all around us are, are making constant noise. Machinery is all around us making constant noise. And all of it seems to be vying for our attention. We live in a world full of noise. There's one sound that we desperately need to hear, and that is the voice of God. Would you write that down on your outline today? If you haven't gotten them out already, grab them. There's some room there that you can write some things down. The one thing we need to hear above everything else is the voice of God. And we're going to spend our time today on the question of why. Why do we need to hear his voice? I feel like God is the one asking the question made famous by the Verizon phone guy uh, several years ago who's now switched over to Sprint. Do you hear me now? How many of you remember that amazing campaign? I mean, it stuck with us all these years later. Obviously, the point of the commercial is to emphasize how good Verizon's signal strength is when it comes to cell phones. Well, here's a question for us today as we jump into this. How good is your signal strength when it comes to hearing from God? Let me ask a few questions. You have an open line of communication with God on a regular basis. Are there dead spots in your relationship? If you were to rate your communication with God, how many bars would you give it? Remember the old bars on the phone? Now we just have one big bar on this iPhone thing that just keeps diminishing and diminishing and diminishing. How many of you are having trouble with your batteries and your, your battery doesn't seem to last past, like, say, 11 a.m. in the morning? Just raise your hand. Just want to see that. Here's a little tip for you. Get off the phone, get on your knees and pray a little bit more. Your battery will last longer. May not be what you want to hear, but there's a tip for you, right? Come on, church. <laughs> I feel like God's asking that question. How many bars are there? Do you hear me now? If God was trying to get through to you, would he be able to say, can you hear me now? And if the answer is yes, he's going to reply, good. That's what I'm, I'm asking for. That's what I want to hear. Or maybe you have nothing or maybe there's static or Maybe it's just dead air. Well, here's my contention this morning, church, and that is that God is trying to communicate to us all on a regular basis. I also believe that too many times we don't know the why or the how. Or, I hope not, but maybe we've gotten to a place where we don't realize how much it matters to clearly hear from God on a regular basis in our own lives individually. Believe me, it matters more than hearing from anyone else and if you're married in here, kind of reach over and grab the arm of your spouse because I'm going to say this. Hearing from God matters more than hearing from your wife or your husband. So you're going right now, oh my goodness, how could that be? This is the love of my life. He will have no other gods before him. I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my might, my strength, everything I am. That's how it's to be, that we need desperately to have an open line of hearing God. Now, here's what I want to, you know, distinguish really, really up front in this is that, you know, when we talk about hearing from God, some of you are going to drift to a place, well, we need to pray more. We need, we need to pray more. We need to, we need to talk to God more. I'm not necessarily talking, uh, talking about talking to God yourself. Here's what I want to really focus in on this morning and next week, and that is that we just shut up and hear from him. You know what I'm saying? 
that we just be quiet, be still, as Pastor Joseph talked about. Sometimes we just got to stop. Sometimes we've got to push away all the noise and all the other competing voices in our head that are trying to get our attention and, and get our allegiance and everything else and just push all that stuff aside and say, no more. I don't want to hear from you. 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 I want to hear from him. And so right now, I've just got to stop everything, push everything else out of the way and just focus and, and turn my attention to the voice of God. Man, that's, that's the heart of relationship. What we've got to understand is that right now in our own lives and everybody taking account of your life at this moment, both inside this room and outside of this room, hearing my voice right now, right now we've got to understand that any possible disconnect that there may be in us hearing from God, listen to me clearly, it's not on God's part, right? Because some people want to condemn, well, God stopped speaking many years ago when the, when the original disciples and apostles and prophets and all of them faded out of the picture, man. God just stopped speaking, and right now, the only thing we have is his, his word, and that's a powerful thing. But I want to contend with you that God is continually speaking in all kinds of ways. But are we hearing him? Are we dialed in? And, and, and God is speaking so many, so many ways to us today and so many, so many times he wants to get through to us. And the reason that he does that, that he speaks to us. And if you stop and think about that, how amazing is that fact alone? I mean, look at me for just a moment. How amazing is the fact that the God of the universe, the God of all that is, the God that created the heavens and earth, everything that's in them, that that God, that same God, the only true God, Hear me now, church, wants to have a conversation with you and me. Now, that just does something to me. I can't even write that in on my notes without stopping and saying, God, really? I mean, it just kind of blows me away that you would want to want to say something to me, that you would have the time, that you would have me in mind, that you, you love me enough, you care about me enough, even the, the, the finite details of my life, that you want to speak into my life. You want to speak to me. You want to take that time to conversate with me. And I think that every one of us needs to get a hold of that reality that God cares about, loves you, and knows you intimately. That he wants to cultivate and develop and nurture that kind of relationship with every one of us. And the reason why is because if you haven't heard this before, please let it just get down into your heart of hearts. God loves you that much. He loves you and me more than any of his creation. And that's why he wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear him. As a matter of fact, number one in your outline, it's, this was God's plan all along. And, and, and if you'll just get this, it's a friendship that is fueled by constant communication. You know, like you do with your BFF, right? I mean, you just can't wait to get up in the morning and just start interacting, start messaging, start talking, start communicating and going back and forth with that person or those people that you are super close to. Is that not true? That you just, you just want to hear what's going on in their day. You want to share those things and you want to go back and forth. And why are you cutting those eyes at Joseph like that, Angie? Huh? I mean, I just happened to look over there and she looks over at him like, uh-huh. I'm doing it, but I ain't getting that back from you. I don't know if that's it, but we can set up a counseling session later this week if that is. But we got to get, get back to the thing. God wants us to be like that with him. He wants us to desire to, to hear from him and communicate with him and, and interact with him like that on a regular, daily, day-by-day -day basis. That was his plan in the beginning. Listen to me. Spiritual power 
Life itself, as, as we were created to experience, is only found in the ongoing revelation, the revealed words of God to us as mankind, as humanity. Proverbs 29, 18. How many of you ever heard that voice, uh, that verse maybe quoted in a million times? And Hosea 4, verse 6, maybe not as familiar, but I want you to listen to these two passages of Scripture. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us, where there is no vision, listen to me, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. And Hosea 4, 6 tells us, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I'm going to also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God. These scriptures are possibly two of the most misunderstood and misquoted passages in the entire Bible. And now both of them are very popular, and we've heard them time and time again uh, from most modern-day preachers who talk about God fulfilling your vision and, and your destiny and, and your hopes and dreams coming true. But listen, listen to me this morning, church. That's not exactly what these two passages of Scripture are, are literally talking about. Both of these verses are speaking of what happens when the Word of God is neglected or ignored. His ongoing, loving, life-giving Word. We need the ongoing revelation from God. And that's exactly what that word vision in Proverbs 29, 18 means. It means ongoing revelation. What does that mean? That the things that are being revealed. Revealed from who? Who was that, Jesse? From God. That God is literally revealing things to us on an ongoing basis. It means that the revelation didn't stop 2,000 years ago when Christ died, resurrected, and went back to heaven. He said, good luck with things. No. It means that right now, that when you got up this morning, God was ready to speak. He was ready to reveal himself more so to you today than, than yesterday. It means that that ongoing revelation is going to be there come Wednesday afternoon when a crisis hits your life. It means it's going to be there on Friday, Friday morning when you wake up and say, man, thank God it's Friday. TGIF, the weekend's upon us. I'm in a great mood. Everything's hunky and dory. And guess what? The revelation of God's going to be there just pouring into our lives. If, if we're getting it. And if we're getting it, if we're dialed into the right station, if we got this strong signal, if our, if our bars are full, then we're going to receive that ongoing revelation and life and power and relationship is going to thrive between us and God. Genesis 3, we see God coming to the Garden of Eden to walk and talk with his most prized creation. That tells me something, church. I hope it tells you something. It tells me that God created us just for what we've been talking about the last three minutes. Relationship, conversation, going back and forth, interacting, hearing God's voice when he speaks to us. Him hearing our voices when we call out to him. And we build that relationship through time spent in communication. Maybe, just maybe, and I ask you this with all sincerity, maybe, just maybe, we need to put these devices down. And we need to get down on our knees more often and put everything else aside and push in so that we can hear God speaking to us. So that we can develop that, that antenna that's just always dialed in. That, that whenever we're at work and, and the Holy Spirit puts something on our heart and says, you need to go over there and pray for John and his cubicle. going, he's having a tough time. You're like, what? You're like, okay, okay, Lord, I got you. You just walk over there. You don't even know why, but you're saying, John, the Lord just put something on my heart to just come over here and pray for you. And boom, John just starts weeping. Man, I can't believe you've done that. My wife walked out on me yesterday. Nobody knew about that. What is it? It's ongoing revelation. It's the Holy Spirit connecting with our spirit. Strong in us, speaking to us what God wants us to 
to know. He loves us, folks. He comes down. He wants to walk and talk with us. He wants to relate with us. He wants to commune with us. That constant communication is a cornerstone to every thriving relationship. So I ask you this. Can you hear him now? Number two in your outline, and here it is, folks. A word from God. A word from our God can change our lives dramatically. I just... I just prayerfully picked out a few examples out of millions and millions and millions. And, and, and listen to me for just a moment as I run down this, this abbreviated list. A word from Jesus changed Peter's life when he walked by him. Remember one of his original disciples, Peter, who was a, a fisherman? And Jesus walked by the seashore there and he saw Peter over there mending his nets. And he said, hey, drop your nets and come and follow me and I will make you a what? A fisher of men. And what did Peter do? Whoop. You got it. I don't know who you are. I don't know what this is all about, but something you said to me is burning inside of me. And I love the fact that, that later on down the line, about three years or so later, when Jesus was about to be crucified and they were arresting him and leading him away and they started looking at the other disciples and said, you were one of his followers. You were one of his. You were right, right. And Peter denied it. No, 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 no. And we all know the story, or most of us do. If you don't, go check it out in the Gospels. And, and Peter denied knowing Jesus Christ. And, and, and at that moment when the rooster crowed three times, he knew in his heart that what Jesus had said was going to happen, happened. Because Peter made that bold stance, I'll never deny you. But after Jesus raised from the dead, one of the first things he did is he went and he found Peter, who was back at the seashore, going back to business as usual, back to the old life. And I love it. Listen to me, church, and look at me. Jesus walked by. Peter didn't even see him, but he called his name and said, Peter. <sighs> One word from God can change everything. And from that moment on, guess what? Peter didn't, didn't hear that, that name called out in, 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 in vengeance and in, in revenge and in, in anger. What he heard was his name called out in love and forgiveness, and it changed his life and our lives forever. What about a, a man by the name of Noah? <laughs> the word of God came to him to build an ark, a big boat, because the flood's coming. How many of you maybe didn't realize that at that moment in history it had never rained before? Huh? Isn't that amazing? And so God's saying, build this big boat because I'm going to flood the earth. And what Noah do? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Change Noah. We're still talking about him today, right? Thousands of years later, God used this man to save his family and to save us. Because if you, if you think about it, go back to that time. If Noah had said no, what would God have done? Maybe he'd have found somebody else and raised them up. I don't know. But guess what? There was a chance that we wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be here with your little cellular device and talking to everybody all the time. Noah said yes. One word. What about Moses? God spoke to this man through a what? A burning bush. And he said this. Listen, man. I don't know if he used that vernacular or not. But you know me, I'm Southcast on your redneck. Listen, man, I want you to go and deliver my children out of Egyptian bondage. I want you to go, and I want you to lead the parade out of that mess. My people need to be free, and you're the man that I'm going to use to go and do stand before Pharaoh 
and tell that great emperor, that, that leader of the world as, as it was back then, the most powerful man on planet earth at that moment, you go stand face to face with him and tell him that God said, I said, let my people go. What Moses do? Started trying to make excuses at first. Well, God, I don't really speak that well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we know eventually God won. And so did we. What about a man by the name of Saul? Who after the resurrection made it his point and his purpose to murder Christians, to destroy Christianity as he possibly could. And then all of a sudden he was riding down the road on horseback one day and God showed up. And this bolt of, of light came out of the heavens and this voice came and said, Saul, Saul, why are you what? Persecuting me. And basically God confronted this, this evil man and said, it's time for a turnaround. And what happened? We know what happened. Paul turned his life around. Saul became Paul and God used him to write three-fourths of the New Testament to plant churches all over the place in that day and time and to lead this movement of God forward. One word, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God spoke to me in 1985 and called me into ministry and confirmed what he had spoken to my mom before I was even conceived in her womb. God had told her before I was even a twinkle in her eye, if you will, that you're going to have a son and he's going to work for me. And she wrote that down in her journal and she believed that and she prayed over that and she never showed it to me. Because about a year later, I came on the scene and she prayed for me my whole life. And one day I come walking in from church, from youth group on a Wednesday night. And that's why it's so important to have your students here. Whatever you have to do, if you have to sell your bed to get your teenagers here on Wednesday night, do it. Because I thrived. I, I longed to be there on Wednesday nights after God got a hold of my heart. I couldn't get enough of Jesus. And I came home one night and I told my mom sitting at the kitchen table in our little mill house there in South Gastonia, I believe that God's calling me to ministry, mom. She broke down and she began to weep. She ran in her bedroom and came back with this, this notebook from 17 years ago. Had a page marked in it. And she had written all those many years ago. God gave me a word. And this was just after she had a miscarriage. And was, was in a season of pain and hurt. And God showed up and gave her a word that you're going to have a son. And he will work for me. She never showed me that. Some of you heard this story before. She never showed me that before. So as to influence me, to, to, to send me that way, to shape me, to push me that way. She had the wisdom to hold that card in the deck. Until God spoke to me a word. And said, I want you to go and give your whole life to me. Let me tell you something, church. A word can change everything when that word comes from God. That's why we got to press in. That's why we got to seek him on a daily basis. Hey, how about this? Just recently, God spoke a word to a man named Kanye West, right? God spoke a word to a man who was a known philanthropist. I mean, just partier, just wild as could be. Just out there living it up for the world. And guess what? Here recently, God has shaken him to the core. And I know what happens that guys like him and Justin Bieber, God's doing something in his life and these celebrities and these famous people. Here's the funny thing. We've been praying for these things to happen. And now they're starting to happen. And we're like that first church when Saul got converted and became Paul. Uh, man, I'm kind of excited, but I just don't know. This guy's been killing people. This guy's been living like the devil. And all of a sudden say, hey, guess what we need to do? 
We need to pray for them, that God would grow them up, support them, encourage them. God, God, just do your work. Continue this revival. Because I'm telling you, folks, it doesn't matter if you're the president or the pope. A word from God can change everything. And that's exactly what we desperate. We are thirsting to death for a word from God today. We're living in a land that's dry and it's weary. That's it's, it's hardened. God, God showed me that in prayer this morning, that hardened, fallow ground. And, and God wants to just come and, and break that hardness up and, and, and plant seeds all over the place and, and bring a flood of revival to it and, and bring the rain from heaven that'll nourish that seed, that'll grow that seed and bring forth flourishing, flourishing fruit. God's doing it, church. Are we on board with that? Are we supportive of that? Are we praying for these miracles that are taking place right now before our very eyes? Folks, a word from God can change everything if we're tuned in to hear it. If we are set on the right frequency. I'm going to tell you something right now for you. Everybody that's hearing my voice at this moment, God I believe in my heart of hearts has a word just for you right now. Right now. I don't know what that is for all of you, but I know. I know without a doubt he has a word for, me, for you that will change your life. And listen to me. It will change the lives of countless others as well. God spoke the worlds into existence with the power of his word. You remember back in early, early verses there in Genesis, God said, let there be what? Let there be what? Let there be what? Say it out like you mean it. Let there be And there was light. How powerful is that? He speaks, things happen. He speaks, chains are broken. He speaks, destinies are revealed. He speaks, lives are freed. He speaks, salvation will come to a household. He speaks, and miracles take place. So let me ask you, do you need to hear that more than you need to hear what happened on Melrose Place? Is that even on anymore? You need to hear from him more than you need to hear what Cam Newton's foot injury is going on with that these days? Now, I'm not condemning these things. I enjoy these things too in their proper place. Life's about balance, but I'm telling you one thing. When my eyes open in the morning, I go to my scripture. I want to hear what God has to say before I want to turn on the local news and get the body count from Charlotte. That's tragic because people are devoid of the word of God, and now we're turning on each other as never before. We're seeing it every day in our newscast. I want to hear from God before I hear from my family members. Sometimes I don't want to hear from them much at all, but you know what I'm saying. I love you. We all love them. But when we get desperate for a word, things are going to change. Until then, it'll just be business as usual. And let me tell you, that business ain't good. How hungry are you for a word? Only Jesus. Listen to me. John chapter 6, verse 68. There was a, this occasion where Jesus asked his disciples. Now, now hear me. He, he had just preached a message. And all this big crowd that had gathered to hear him, they, most of them turned around and left. Why? Because it was hard stuff. It was calling to real discipleship. Look at me. A lot of people ain't in for real discipleship. They're in to feel good and 
you know, get patted on the back and get motivated a little bit. Woohoo! It's all good, feel good gospel stuff. But Jesus started talking about taking up your cross, dying to yourself, not lounging around all week taking care and pampering your own self, but going out and serving those in need. When he starts talking like that, whoop, the crowd starts thinning out. And that's exactly what happened. And Jesus took this opportunity to look at his disciples who had been with him for a while, and he presented this question to them. Are you guys going to leave me too? They're all walking away. I shared the the truth, the hard stuff, and man, it just kind of pushed them out. It kind of sent them on their merry way because they weren't ready for this. So are you going to do the same thing? I want you to listen to the response. The answer they got, and I love this. They looked up at him and said, where else would we go? You alone have the, what? The words of life. It's not in a bar. It's not in a club. It's not in the New York Times bestseller novel by whomever is the popular author of the day. It's not in a horoscope, I can tell you that. It's not in these smut magazines that are at the racks of your grocery store or your Walmart when you check out. The words of life are only found in God. There's nowhere else to go. Your words are life. And this is what we are hungry for. Last thing there on your outline. and It's a powerful one. It's about the benefits of hearing his voice. And and there's a few that we're going to walk through very quickly. We need that ongoing revelation, that vision, that's revealed word to us. And and first of all, we need it for, for, for direction. Psalm 32, 8 tells us, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should what? Go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Man, you got to love that. Any of you ever experienced the joy of, of, a, of a baby becoming a toddler and taking those first steps? And you're helping them in that process? Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't go over here near the road. No, stay over here. No, whoop, pop. Get you back up on your feet. That's good. You know, okay, you're doing great. Yeah, whoop, go, go left here. We don't want to go over here near the commode. Stay away from the commode. Always stay away from commode. Just unless you have to use it. Then you, you do it the right way. Okay, just keep going. We, we guide them. We give them verbal instruction. We watch them with our eyes. How many of you have taken your eyes off your kids for just a moment? And then all of a sudden, they ended up on the counter in the sink with with a snack in hand and water running in that. How did they do that, Um, Terry and Abby? I I don't know. We've got to watch and we've got to instruct and we've got to help them. (laughs) Sorry, guys, couldn't resist. It just teed itself up the other day. And anyway... God does that with us, his children. He says, I will direct you. And every one of us have had times when we lose direction. There are times when we feel without purpose. We we feel confused. We feel unsure about the path that we're taking or, or where we're truly going in life. And thankfully, 
Thankfully, we're in good company because all of us have been in those places at one time or another. And to be honest, this is an age-old problem. In fact, people have been struggling with this very issue for thousands of years. And God knew we would have times when we just felt lost, didn't know how to go, where to go, what to go. Yet he does not leave us alone. And we can take comfort in, in many verses in the Bible, as well as the leading of the Holy Spirit, that he will be our director. He'll direct our lives. I love what Isaiah 30, 21 tells us. And write that down in your outline. It says, and your ears shall hear a, a word. Woo, that just does something to me. Your ears shall hear a word saying this. This is the way. Walk you in it. When you turn to the right, when you turn to the left, you're going to be in trouble, folks. Stay on that path that God is directing. This is the way. Walk in this way. We desperately need God's directions. He is the best GPS that we could ever have. And then also, we need his word for encouragement. You ever been down? You ever been discouraged? You ever been ready to throw in the towel? How many of you felt that this week even? It's okay. There's a couple of you in this room. The great prophet Elijah was in that very place just after a, an amazing victory that, that, that was, was given on, on Mount Carmel as God showed up and, and put those, those, those false prophets to death and, 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 and God showed himself to be the real true God of, of this world. And, and then all of a sudden Jezebel threatens to kill him and, and he went and found a cave and he was exhausted and hungry and discouraged and, and he was just tired of, of, of everything. And, and, and have you ever been there? You ever just felt like that, that everything of your resources were just completely depleted? You didn't know what else to do, and that's where Elijah, this great man of God, this great prophet, found himself in 1 Kings 19.9. And that verse tells us something that we all need to get a hold of and never let go of. The Bible says that then Elijah came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came. What came to him? What was it? DoorDash came and said, hey, we've got your meal. Huh? No? What was it done? The word of what? The word of God came and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? He knew what he was doing there, but he needed to, to communicate with him and let him know he understood. And, and God went on to tell him, listen, man, you are exhausted. What you need is a nap and a biscuit. <laughs> Some of you say amen to that. And then all of a sudden, God prepared angel food for him out there. There was food out there for him, just miraculously. And he said, Elijah, go eat. Get some rest. I am not through with you yet. You have many things yet to conquer. I'm going to show up big in your life. But first of all, I'm going to heal you and lift you up from this discouragement. God sent what, church? He sent his word. And he accomplished this. Woo man, that does something to me. Because I can't tell you how many times... I've been in the struggle, been in the battle just like you, and it just, you just don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, God's word just shows up and says, Hey, I got you right there. Trust me. I'm going to lead you out of this. I'm going to bring victory in this situation for you. Do not doubt me. Elijah needed that encouragement, needed that word. God brought it, and God's word is also for correction. There'd be a lot of you shutting down your pens right there and putting them in your, your pocketbooks and saying, okay, I don't think I want to hear this one. But 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us this powerful truth that all Scripture is God-breathed. 
Don't you love that terminology that God spoke it out himself just as I'm speaking right now that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God actually tells us in his word that he corrects us, and it's not by punishing us, as some would would think as we read the, the verse above. We see that his correction comes to us through his word lovingly. His word reproves and corrects us. The Greek word for reproof means to convict. It is the word and the Holy Spirit, the, the scripture that brings conviction and reproof. And reproof also means to admonish, but the implication is that it is for good. Listen to me, church. You know this as well as I do. A bus hitting me is not for my benefit, but rather my harm, right? That would not be good if a bus hit me or you. But please understand, God is not out to harm us, but to help us. Again, going back to our children, we lovingly correct them. And many times we do it with our words, right? How many of you have gotten your children to the point that you don't even have to physically punish or or take away something from them, you just speak that word. Devin Ray? Mm Mm-mm. And that's it. How many of you have even taken it to the next level? You don't have to say anything. You just look at them with them eyes. And they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Won't do that again. My mom had a great technique in church. Sometimes she'd let me sit in front of her, you know, and kind of feel my oats and yee-hee. And sometimes I'd get that way, and all of a sudden, this hair on the back of your neck is like, okay, Caleb, I won't really do it. She just had a way of grabbing that hair right there and yanking down to which your head goes, whoop. And tears come to your eyes because it's so painful. I know you would never do that. You're an angel. And it gets your attention. But listen to me, guys. God lovingly corrects as a father, as our father. And and let's just be honest. Don't we need that sometimes? How many times do we get off track? How many times do we start saying things we shouldn't say, start thinking things we shouldn't think, start doing things we shouldn't do, and God comes along and says, hey, now, 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 now. We don't do that for our correction. God's not out to harm us, but to help us. And it's also, God's word is also for our protections. As humans, we want to see God's protection as this magic force field that keeps us from every harm there is. And yes, God has to stop any evil or destruction, but we must remember that we live in a fallen world where we have free will, and sometimes God works in ways that we don't understand, and I'll be the first to admit that. Sometimes God's protection comes in the form of peace and strength in the middle of despair and tough times. Sometimes his protection comes as an ending because he sees something more on the horizon that we cannot see. So sometimes something's taken away from us because if we continue down that track, then it's going to really mean bad news. And at the moment, we don't understand why, God, why? I really like that toy, and I was having so much fun. And he's like, nope, you don't see on down the line what what it's going to do. So sometimes it comes as that. But as believers in Jesus, we are promised a new life covered under the protection of God in which nothing can separate us from his love, right? Nothing at all. So we can rest knowing that no matter what hardship we face, God is our provider and our protector. The words out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, promises us that the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you 
and he will protect you from the evil one. And lastly today, church, his word is for our daily bread. Let me ask another question about this morning as I've asked a couple already, but how many of you have already eaten something this morning? You've already taken some food and put it in your mouth and now it resides in your belly and you've, you've, already, you've already had some sustenance. Raise them up high. I've had my Pop-Tart this morning. Cinnamon brown sugar. Love it. Pop-Tart people in here, let me see your hands. You're going to heaven first. Sorry for the rest of you. You'll be right on our heels, though, really close behind us. We're going to eat. I mean, take a look around us. We're going to eat. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, repeating what was written in the Old Testament, that man shall not live by what? Bread alone. alone. Got to have some pizza and some salad. No, that's Thompson translation. My fault. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? If you've got nothing else today, what have you got? What's that? Over here on the right side, you're a little weak. What is it? You're still a little weak. What is it? Whose word? God's word. We should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Our daily Bread, it's so important to our physical bodies to eat a healthy meal every day. How much greater importance is it to feast daily on the Word of God? He made us. He knows and and recommends what our bodies need daily. We need Him desperately. We need to hear Him constantly. For our spiritual health and strength, we must feast on every word that our God speaks to us. And I ask you again, can you hear Him now? If you'll close your eyes for just a moment, I want to remind you once again, God is always speaking in so many incredible ways, and we're going to talk about that part of it next Sunday morning, so don't miss it. Bring your cousin, bring your mama, bring whomever you need to, your neighbor. They don't need to miss it, but God is speaking in so many incredible ways, but it always boils down to this important question, are we listening? Are we tuned in? If we will, I can guarantee you one thing. It will change our lives. If we are desperate for his word in our lives, it will change us for all of eternity. Some of you this morning with your eyes closed for just a moment, you're in here and I would say to you that God is speaking to you about your salvation. Plain and simple, he's called you to surrender your life to him. To say, you know what? Nothing in this world matters more than following Jesus Christ than loving him, than pledging my life to him, than him covering me and and, and ridding me of my sins and, and me belonging to him through salvation in Jesus Christ. If you're in this room right now and you would say, honestly, you know what, Pastor God? God's knocking on my door as as the word tells us in Revelation. I've just got to open it up and and invite him to come in and change my life with his word, his life, his power, his love. If he's speaking to you right now, would you just raise your hand across this room and say, that's me. Yes, sir. Who else in here would say, hey, I don't want to miss this opportunity. This is my day. Would you just raise your hand? Very simply, anybody else in this room? Don't want to miss you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Maybe you're in here and you 
in the midst of a terrible storm. Just a, a, a tough time that you're dealing with right now. Big, big struggles going on and you desperately need a word from the Lord of peace and encouragement and help and strength. Can I just see your hands and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need that right now more than I need anything else. Could you just raise your hands? Yes. Anybody else? Yes. 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 Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Maybe you've got some things in front of you. It's like a, a road that splits ten ways and you've just been so uncertain about the direction to go and you just need clarity. You need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your every footstep. You need to hear Him say, this is the way. Come and walk in it. I don't know who that's for, but right now, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, that's exactly where I'm at. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. 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 Anybody else? And this one more thing I just want to pray for. As, as you guys who have raised your hands would just begin to make your way down here with me. I just I want to pray for you personally. Our, our team, our prayer team, if you guys would come, I want you to, to join with these and, and pray for them. But one more area that I, I sense strongly right now the Lord wants to do something with big time with his word is, is discouragement. Some of you walked into this room and you've got a heaviness on your life and you're struggling big time and and, and it's just been so down. You've been so discouraged. You've just been been floundering in that and, and it's just it's got you in its grips and just like Elijah was and God wants to come and speak his word of encouragement and life newness of life to you fresh revelation today of of what he's going to do and how he's going to help would you just would you just come right now as well if that's you all across this room some of you need to move now you raise your hands I, I want you to come and and be here with us I want to pray for you I just just make that move right now would you all across this room thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're in that place of discouragement, you kind of feel locked in there and, and you need to be free from that, would you just come and join these as well this morning? And if you need salvation, if what direction, whatever it is, maybe something I didn't even say, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. Maybe it's correction in here. Maybe some of you have wandered off the track a little bit and God's saying, hey, we need a course correction. I need to get you back so that you won't be harmed and you won't miss out on anything. And I need some prayer warriors to come and just begin to move through this group that's, that's spread across the front of this church and, and partner with them in prayer right now. Just come out of your seats right now and, and stand with your brothers and sisters and those who are surrendering and those who feel hopeless and those who feel helpless and those who feel lost and are wondering and, and circling and, and just don't know where to go. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to stand to your feet right now across this room. And if you feel so led in your heart to come down and join all of these that are gathered at the front of this church in prayer, would you come and do that now? The Bible tells us God sent his word and healed their diseases. So if you're in this room and you're battling something physically, you need a physical healing in your body. Would you come down right now and God's word is going to be spoken over you and we're going to pray and believe with you that your healing is coming. In Jesus' name, the Word of God changes everything. It changes us, changes our situation. So right now, would you just begin to call out to Him? And right now, would you just begin to dial in and tune in and, and get on the right frequency to hear the Word of God to you? I'm going to take a moment before we pray so that we can listen, we can receive, we can hear what He's saying to us individually and as a church body. 
the church family speak Lord speak for we hear you God we attune our ears us, not only in this holy moment together as family, but every day this week, God. Lord, I, I, I just proclaim that we set aside time every day this week, that we change some things in our, our schedule, in our lives. We start putting some things on the, on the back burner, put our time with you on the very front burner. That we start moving away from the things that are, are not of you and that are keeping us in, in this rut, God, in this place that we don't belong. We set those things aside. We cut them out of our lives if need be, whatever the case may be. That we press in to hear you and your word to us, God. That we move towards you. That we incline our ear to press and hear everything, God, that you have for us as you speak to us in the many ways that you, you choose to do so. Your word is life. It's power. It's miracle working. And right now in the name of Jesus, we stand on that. Stand on your word, God. Your revelation to us. God, thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, we celebrate you. That you love us enough. That you invite us to come and commune with you. To hear from you and to speak to you, to, to call out to you, God, and cry out to you, God, and, and, and attune our ears to you, Lord, and, and hear you with our hearts and our ears and our spirit, God. What a privilege, what an honor, God. We do not take it lightly. We pray over everybody in this room and outside of it, God, that's pressing in to hear right now. And as we close this time together, we do so in celebration and proclamation of who you are. We're going to praise the name of the Lord together with all of our hearts, with all of our might, with all of our voices as one mighty choir. Would you do that today with hands lifted and hearts open? Speak out to the Lord your love for him and hear his love for you today, church. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.